0: The COB is presented by Rabobank, awarded 2023 SMSF Savings Bank of the Year by Mozo. Hello, this is the COB, all the stuff you need to know about the day in business and markets. I'm Juliette Sali. It is Thursday, the 5th of October. Well, we have seen quite a good session coming through on local markets today. We had that positive lead coming through from U.S. equity markets. We had that reprieve in the oil market with that drop of 5.6% for the global benchmark. And uh, certainly markets here rallying into the close or at the highs of the day with the SIBO 200 index. Up by seven tenths of 1%. Uh, and of course, the ASX 200 also rebounding. We are seeing it up by about 43 points as we head into the close. Um, when it comes to, of course, what we have been looking at, though, it really was about this oil reprieve and some interesting momentum of when that flows through to the Bowser. When will we start to pay less for petrol? How will that feed through into the inflation picture? And of course, that's going to take some time, but maybe we start to see a little bit of a pullback coming through in that December quarter inflation of all of that of course sending uh, markets higher as well as we saw that pullback in US uh, yields and Asian stocks coming off those 11 month lows as well. There's also been a lot of speculation when it comes to the currency market about potential yen intervention and it was interesting to hear yesterday from uh, the Finance Minister Suzuki saying of course that uh, those words that we've heard so many times before that, yes, they are looking at market moves very closely. But there was a lot of speculation that perhaps there had been some intervention because the BOJ really does not like it when it gets towards that 150 uh, level to the dollar. Well, I've been talking as well, of course, about what's been happening in the energy space. But let's look at some of the sectors in the overall market. Uh, REIT's always very sensitive to what's happening with rates. And as I mentioned, we did see that pullback in US Treasury yields, which boosted some major growth stocks. We've got just Stockland up by 1.4% on the close, Mervac up by about 1.7%. When it comes to the tech sector, which also is uh, movement in terms of where the yields move, Zero is up by around three percent, Block firmer by around four tenths of one percent. I believe Block had a pretty hefty sell off yesterday because it had its uh, price target cut by one of the brokerage firms. So a little bit more buying coming through back in those tech players today. Energy, though, is, of course, where it's at. And we saw a basket of energy stocks hit a near 15 month low today on that pullback in both Brent and WTI. Worth noting, in electronic trade during the Asian session, though. We have seen oil claw back some of those losses, but still you've got some pretty hefty losses coming through from our energy players. Woodside and Santos, though, are UBS's preferred picks, um, despite, of course, the, the sell-off that you're seeing today. And utility is always one to look at as well when it comes to any move in bond yields, which is basically the story of every day at the moment. Uh, we've got APA Group up nine tenths of 1%, AGL Energy up 2% to $10. 55. let's look at some of the top stories we've been following here at Osbiers. Pexa planning to acquire smooth valuing the uk-based company at 30.8 million pounds the deal is expected to be completed in the fourth quarter of this year with the acquisition to be funded through cash currently held by pexa and a newly established facility and i spoke to the cfo scott butterworth a little bit earlier
1: um,
2: so those 75 firms uh, process around about 7% of the remortgage flows in the UK. Um, so that's quite a sizeable uh, reach in its own right in that segment. And then in the uh, sale and purchase market in the UK, those firms process around about 3%. And to put that into context, there are around about 4,500 firms in the UK who process a uh, sale and purchase transactions. So finding a panel manager such as Smooth to give us access to a reasonable number of those um, uh, firms is actually a great starting point for us for that product.
0: All right. Well, elsewhere, Newcrest Mining will pay a special dividend of $1.10 US on condition of the Newmont takeover becoming effective. The payout will be made on October 27th, if all goes to plan. And uh, we have been seeing shares in PEXA down today by almost 2%, $10.92 Newcrest Mining up by about 2%. And that's really in line with the rebound that you have been seeing across most of the gold players today. Well, we had a sector of the day today and that was the financials.
1: necessarily, uh, a view from Morgan Stanley about, therefore, what price you pay for these banks, because I think it's a really good opportunity to remember these are cyclical businesses. It's been so long since we had a proper economic cycle. The last fair income recession was the early 90s. Of course, COVID was bad, but super short and massively supported by government stimulus. And so if you think about going back to those early 90s when Westpac and ANZ got themselves in a bit of trouble, we need to remember these are cyclical banks. They are exposed to the broader economic cycle, the housing market in particular, uh, so I don't think there should be any surprise that if we do end up with tougher circumstances, that profits growth will be hard to come by. It's across the board increase. Um, I think CBA
2: is the best at the moment. Um, so that's at about 2.1. Um, but the the average for the big four banks is about one point one point eight. So right. uh, they haven't experienced such a big uptick in, in net interest margins and the NIM um, as, I guess, the cash rate movements have been a, probably a bit too aggressive for them to, you know, really capitalize Relies on that um, and we're starting to see a lot of mortgage stress um, news come through I think it was a pretty large portion depending on which uh, market you take about a third of households that have a mortgage um, are in that mortgage stress category which is paying about more than 30 percent of their income to their mortgage so we haven't seen uh like the delinquency rates really tick up just yet very marginally you know it's very low in the us you know their average is like two and a half percent in sort of delinquency rates it's at half a percent at the moment uh, but definitely something to keep an eye on here in australia it's yeah three quarters of a percent. Um, So something to keep an eye on if if people are struggling to make back those repayments. Again, we sort of saw through COVID that the banks have solutions for those that uh, can help people, but probably benefit the bank in the long term. So um, I think that will probably occur again over the next year. Um, You know, they'll have a small hit to their revenues and and therefore their profits, but obviously, you know, increase. So are you in the banks at all?
0: Well, welcome to the COB, James Swirling from Ebury. I mean, we're talking there about banking, but you could arguably say energy was one of the sectors of the day too. Uh, a fall in oil prices, a retreat in bond yields. Can we come out from under the doona, James?
1: Uh, yeah, it's pretty interesting ha- having a look at that um, with with vol having fi- come down a little bit after making multi-month highs in oil. I think that all supports the global growth story, uh, which is why the US dollar, which has been moving up so much recently, has just come a bit off the boil. Uh, The Aussie's going pretty well on the basis of global growth story, so so moving up. But I think just the main outperformance against the the US dollar. So for the optimists out there in the market, there's a feel that uh, Aussie-US has has bottomed out a little bit.
0: Okay, we're also looking ahead in terms of what the Fed's going to look at with those jobs numbers coming through from the US tomorrow night. Have you been kind of surprised in some of the strength of the other data we've been seeing?
1: Uh, not really. Uh, uh, interest rates on the whole don't affect the American consumer as much as what they do over here. Uh, there's a lot of stimulus programs that are in place to support people, so that is certainly helping with inflation. It also helps that uh, th- that energy is denominated in US dollars. Um, on the other side of things though, uh, looking at the data for tomorrow night, the unemployment numbers, um, if you have a look at the ADP number um, coming in, particularly in the private sector, the actual number has come in quite a lot weaker than ADP's projection um, in four of the last five months, so on that basis, you'd be, if, if the trend were to continue, you'd be expecting quite a soft number, particularly in the private sector tomorrow night. That would actually be pretty good for, for those who are sellers of US dollar, because it would soften the Fed's standpoint on, uh, on further rate hikes. Um, Again, global growth story gets fed. So, you know, again, that that, that would be technical USD weakness and positivity for Aussie, Kiwi and, and CAD.
0: Okay, so you're looking there very closely in terms of what we're seeing in the currency markets. Have you been watching very closely what's been happening with the yen? Because I mentioned the thought of potential intervention here.
1: Yeah, most definitely. It's interesting hearing your point a few minutes ago around uh, that the, the central bank doesn't like US Yen going beyond 150, um, but uh, I think exporters do. Um, it certainly puts them at a very competitive point of view, um, You know, particularly in the machinery market against the European and American counterparts. Um, yes, imports would be more expensive, particularly energy, but uh, you know, inflation is not ridiculously high there, so I, I think sort of quite secretively, policy policymakers wouldn't be minding things too much, um, even though they are threatening um, action in the markets. Um, I, I still think there could be some further upside, um, sorry downside, on the yen uh, as we come into the next few weeks.
0: Uh, In terms of the the US dollar, I mean, it really does seem like that is the only place to hide at the moment. We've been looking at some potential moves in other cross rates too. Are you seeing the Swissy as an attractive move too?
1: Um, I was until they didn't raise rates the other week. I thought it was quite a surprising move. Um, So we we have seen that uh, unwind somewhat. So I I think longer term, I wouldn't be so much a a holder of Swissy. Uh, I think though the currency that I'd still be trying to get into, I think there's some more upside in this, is the Kiwi dollar. Um, I think that there's a little bit more in that one, uh, particularly with the slight change of language that we saw from the RBNZ statement yesterday after the, uh, after the rate decision.
0: Yes. Well, that was an interesting one in terms of whether or not the RBNZ has has peaked with their cash rate at that five and a half percent level, potentially more moves from the RBA. How are you seeing all that play out?
1: Yeah, I think one of the things that perhaps surprised the market was uh, Bullock's language seemed to be just continuation from what we saw from Phil Lowe. Um, On the other side of things, though, I do believe that we aren't necessarily done with the rate hikes. Inflation, albeit it is coming down, is still a little high. Um, there, There can be more room to go. These recent energy price rises would definitely feed the inflationary picture even further. Plenty of businesses that we look after are reporting that they're absorbing costs and that suppliers of theirs have still got um, all kinds of supplementary costs in there. Price rise, so there's plenty of inflationary pressures building up. Um, so not necessarily done. Um, I think that the market still is pricing in a small chance of a rate hike as well. So and perhaps that language changes on the, uh, on the Melbourne Cup Day statement, but I'd still be surprised if, uh, if there were to be further rate hikes. Um, the, the, that it would happen as soon as next month.
0: All right, James. Thanks for your insights and joining Oz beers, James Swirling from Ebury. Thank you. Well, we are rounding out the Thursday session. Let's have a look at some of the market leaders of the day. WeBit Nano up by almost 5%. Remember, tech got hit very hard yesterday and WeBit was an underperformer. So coming back today, we've also been seeing some big moves coming through in those gold players. So Northern Star there up by 4.6%. A close there of $0.47 to $10.66. This is the diversified uh, Australian Gold producer. It uh, also said that, uh, well, sorry, Motley, Simply Wall Street says shareholders have endured a 30% loss from investing in the stock three years ago, but certainly coming a nice comeback today. Genesis Minerals also looking pretty good, up four and a half percent. Life 360 up by 3.8 percent. And Neuron Pharmaceuticals up by 3.2 percent. When it comes to sectors, uh, certainly the real estate sector was a performer today and output performer, and uh, also that gold momentum really driven by Northern Star. Let's have a look at what we saw in terms of the laggards today. Core Lithium was a laggard down 5.7%. That is a drop of $0.02 on that smaller stock, $0.37. We saw Sayona Mining, it always seems to be in the list, down 3.7%, closing at $0.09. Aristocrat also lower, down 3.3% and Viva Energy with a loss of 3%. It's kind of interesting when you look at the energy players because that was where you saw all the weakness coming through in the morning and actually kind of dragging the market a little lower, even though we had had that rebound coming through from Wall Street and that was really on the on the drop that we had seen in crude oil prices but they recovered somewhat in the afternoon session and you saw the heavyweights the likes of Woodside and Santos only off by about seven tenths of one percent. Worth noting UBS did increase their price targets for both those big heavyweights but certainly Viva Energy was the laggard in the overall energy space down by 3.1 percent. Okay quick look at the small cap leaders and laggards as well we saw Strandline Resources up 14.3% in the small end of town, Dacey and Gold up 10%. And let's have a look at some of the laggards. Bowen Coal was down by more than 11%. Redbubble there was down by 7%. Well, having a look at what we are looking out for uh, tonight, U.S. initial jobless claims data, always a key one before the non-farm payrolls that come through on Friday. You've also got the Challenger job cuts report. So, so many reads on the U.S. jobs front this week. Uh, we also have the trade balance being released uh, in the U.S. and Levi's is among those earnings. That's important because, of course, it gives us an overall pulse of how the American consumer is faring. And we did have uh, James give a pretty interesting point in terms of the fact that so many of these US mortgage rates are fixed for such a long time. Their hip pocket not being hit perhaps as hard as ours with these big moves in rates. Okay, in terms of what we are looking out for tomorrow, uh, China's markets, of course, remain closed the end of golden week, though. And the key one, the non-farm payrolls for September, is that going to move the dial for the Fed? We also locally have Centurus Metals holding. It's extraordinary general meeting. That is it for the day, but let's have a look at where the market has finished up because we are well and truly closed now. The SIBO 200 up seven tenths of one percent, and the ASX 200 up by six tenths of one percent, forty three points, sixty nine thirty two, back above that sixty nine hundred point level. Will we get a rally on Wall Street? Will we close back above seven thousand on Friday? Well, of course you're going to have to stay tuned to Ausbees tomorrow to find out. But at our last virtual investor event, we are. If you were interested in adding alternatives to your portfolio, nearly seventy percent of you said yes. So we're bringing together expert asset allocators to share how they build a portfolio in a space that has traditionally been out of reach for retail investors. We've also got managers from funds right across the spectrum of alternatives. Join Kashi for Essential Alternatives. It is happening 18th of October from 11 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time. It is free to register and you can see the full agenda at ausbiz.co essential. And just to note that a lot of the strategies and products being discussed are only suitable for wholesale or sophisticated investors. That is it for the COB for today. We'll see you tomorrow.